Hi, guys. Welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited for a solo episode. I'm really excited for this. I love these. Lately, we've been doing our solo episodes with just a bunch of listener questions and diving a little bit deeper into them. So some of these are questions that we've answered on our stories over the past few weeks. Some of them are questions that we've gotten that are a little longer in the DMs that we wanted to just take time on here to talk about a little bit more. A lot of them are relatable for so many different people. So hopefully you guys love this episode. Yes, we're just going to get into it today. We want to mention our past few episodes because they have been so great with such good guests. So if you haven't caught up, we had Anna, who was a delight. She talked so much about dating advice. She has such great content that she pumps out. And it was just such a relatable episode to really understand like who, why we're looking for who we are and going on dates and getting out there. And it was just such a refreshing, fun episode. Yeah, I love that episode. That one has gotten so many listens already. Like people, the feedback for that episode has been amazing. She's just a very down to earth, normal woman in her 30s who dated in New York City for like a decade. And now she's married. And we just talked about like all the things with dating, with marriage, with relationships and dating apps. And honestly, I came out of it. If I was single, I would just be downloading the apps right now and being inspired to date. Yeah. So if you need that push, definitely listen to that. Yes. Then we had Connor, who had a lot of hot takes and we've gotten (laughs) some messages. So I think we'll dive into that. Yeah, Connor. So the episode with Connor was great. Definitely have gotten so much feedback on like people have loved it. But then we've also gotten a couple people being like a little bit bothered by some of the topics, just some of the things that he said about we talked at the end of the episode, if you didn't listen all the way through to the end, or if you haven't listened at all yet, the end of the episode, we talked about why men might care about the number of sexual partners you've had, or even just like your sexual history in general. And I don't think that they should care, obviously, like, I think everybody's past is their past. And I think just focus on your present relationship. And I said that in the episode, like I've always been in the belief that the less you talk about the past, the better. We've talked about that too with Harley Blau about yeah. how like some things are important to tell if it's like trauma or things like that, but that maybe just like not like less is more kind of, but I don't think that Connor was like excusing, like he wasn't saying it matters either. He was just saying, this is why, like, this is how men's, a lot of straight men, their brain operates and this is why they might care. And it, yeah. I thought his explanation, like honestly made a lot of sense and really did understand it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the episode, he's done so much research. He has worked with so many men. He has been trained for years and has, he was just coming on to speak from a very objective way. Like, this is why men act the way they do. A lot of it is like societal over like generational pressure. And I don't think any of it was like excusing a man for like, or victimizing a man. And like, we as women need to understand and like bend backwards to like accommodate a man's feelings. I don't feel like that was Connor's delivery at all. And that wasn't like how I received it. But I think a lot of the things we talked about, like gave us a little peek inside the man's mind and not victimizing them, but allowing us to understand a little bit more about like why men don't open up so easily, the pressures that they feel in their own relationships that we might not be so in tune with. And then like, obviously all of the sexual stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. And it was actually really funny because I, and I already told you this, but in that same week, my boyfriend asked me about my sexual history. And I was like, did he listen to this episode? Like, why is he asking me this? He says he didn't listen to it yet. But then it was so funny because I was coming at this conversation with everything that Connor said in my head. 
And I kind of like do feel like a lot of what he said was some of the reasoning behind what why he was asking that or like why he was curious. And then so we got into like a whole conversation about it. And he said so many of the same things that like Connor said. So I just think that Connor, like you said, has done his research. He's worked with so many men. He understands the way that like a lot of men's brains work, like I said. And so I thought that was really interesting. But I like totally agree with some of the message we messages we got that it's like concerning that men would care. Like I agree if a man is going to break up with you or not date you or judge you on your past, like that man is not for you at all. And that man, like Connor said, needs to do work to figure out why he has that insecurity or whatever it is. So I think he had a lot of really, really good takes and a lot of very, very helpful insights for women who are dating men and who might want to like support them better and understand like their thought process a little bit more. So really, really good episode. That was this past week. Uh, We'll link all of these in the show notes, but that was uh, Connor Beaton on early signs a man is emotionally available and how to get your partner to open up. And then the one we mentioned with Anna was on why you need to be on dating apps if you're single. The week before that, we had Jeremy Jacobowitz. And I like I just really liked Jeremy. I thought he like wasn't what I was expecting in terms of his vibe when we recorded with him. Like, I can't explain it. I don't know what I was expecting. But it was just like a regular guy who like he wasn't he doesn't come at it saying he's a dating expert or he's done research on dating. He's just a guy who's dated for yeah. a long time in New York City and dated a lot of women and has a lot of experience in that. So it was really we just kind of like grilled him on his dating life. And I thought it was so (laughs) interesting. And I loved hearing more about like his own experiences. Yeah, I loved it. It was just such a fun conversation. Always, always love getting inside a male's mind on the other end of dating. And then we had Kelly Knight, who was a return guest. And the episode is how to manifest your dream partner. And I love Kelly. I mean, I love any conversation that leans a little more spiritual. And she talked all about rituals for attracting a partner or getting what you want in life. And we've gotten some questions there about like, I guess Kelly gave the advice to like, physically open up your space to like, if you're looking for a Mm. partner, there's obviously things you can do in terms of like understanding what you're looking for and being open to new experiences and really thinking about how you speak about what you're looking for or how you speak about men. And this actually, I think coupled with the Connor Beaton episode, I think is really interesting because I think she was talking about a friend she was working with and like notice her friend just has like this attitude of like men hating and always like putting men down and speaking openly about just like shitting on men. Yeah. Or like we don't need a man. Yeah. And Kelly pointed out like the your language that you're using, even if you don't mean it and you are actually looking for a relationship, that's just a contradictory mindset that you're having. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And then she had some some more like rituals that you can do to attract a partner, like physically making space for them in your apartment and sleeping on one side of the bed. I don't know if she mentioned that in our episode, but she has said it before. So that was a fun one. I definitely recommend listening to that if you're looking to attract something big into your life. Yeah, because it could be applied to anything. The way that she talked about how to manifest a partner and everything that you just mentioned is like exactly how I manifested a partner. Like I was doing all those things, but like it was because first of all, we had interviewed her before. We've interviewed so many people about manifestation. I had learned a lot about it. So like, I actually like put those practices into play. And especially the ones she said about making physical space in your apartment, like I started doing that sleeping on a particular side of the bed, I started keeping my apartment in the state that I would want it to be in if somebody else was there, like I made it more clean, like not that it was super messy, but I just would act as if somebody else was there too. And like making decisions in your life, like as if you're in the relationship you want to be in, and you can apply that to anything else, like making decisions as if you have the job that you love, or like just whatever you're trying the money, like obviously, you shouldn't like spend mm-hmm. money you don't have. But Lacey Phillips talks about that too. Like yeah. if you're like so frugal and afraid of like spending a penny on anything, then like you're not attracting abundance into your life. So just act as if you're abundant and like doesn't have to 
to be in money specifically, but act as if like there's abundance around you and then you'll like attract more of that. So I love, yeah, I love Kelly. We have to go to Modern Mystics now that she has a shop in the city. We do. But yes, those were some of our past few episodes. If you haven't listened, catch up. They were all such good ones. But we do love to just take some time and chat with the two of us, answer our listener questions, give you some updates on our lives. I have like more of a heavier topic. I feel like I've been talking about this for the past month, just kind of Mm. talking vaguely about how I was going through something in my personal life, in my relationship. And then we got a question from a listener that was kind of in the same vein. So thought we would take the space to chat about it now. But My husband's father passed away about a month and a half ago and very suddenly. And it was obviously unexpected and no one's really quite prepared for that. And I think this is relatable to so many people because in a relationship, you're always kind of navigating your partner's emotions and grief could come in a way of obviously loss, like a death in a family or just failure or disappointment or something just happens that kind of shifts in your relationship or even illness. Like we got married three months ago and in your wedding vows, you say you'll be there for someone in sickness Mm. and in health in good times and in bad. And like literally months later, we're dealt with something very, very serious and heavy on the relationship. So I can't like really sit and give someone advice about how to deal with grief or how to Mm. be there for your partner because I think everyone grieves so differently. And I think for me personally in my relationship, obviously you kind of have to take the physical cues or take the cues from your partner about what they really need from you. So it was really, really hard. And I've talked about this even in Connor's episode, like Dan doesn't very, he's not super open with emotions. So as a partner, I think It's been like kind of tough to navigate because I think that when something like that happens, you don't really know how that's going to affect your relationship. But me, I really just had to like drop all of my own. Like I did not put myself first and really put Dan first and be there for him and think about like what he needed in that time. And I remember he... He got a text message from a friend who'd been through this in the past and said something like the hardest part is after all the services like the funeral and the wake and in the weeks after everyone starts going back to their normal lives, but you don't feel normal and grief is not really a linear process. So it's not like, oh, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks and then back to normal again. It's really just being there for your partner and doing anything that you think will help them. So I've related this a little to like leaning into love languages Mm. of acts of service and just giving them what they needed. If they want quality time with you, great. If they want alone time, that's what they need. And I think a lot of the past couple months, Dan's been like fairly normal. I think it's more of like a balance of keeping up with our normal lives, but also like being there and obviously making shifts, like seeing his family a ton more has been a major priority. Any way I could just be like a stress reliever or support system. And I don't know, it's it's tough because everyone will grieve in a different way and it's hard to give advice. So I think the best part's just to kind of put yourself last or put your partner first is a better way to say it. And really it's a little dance of looking after what they need and picking up on those cues of like, okay, I he needs someone to listen right now. Or okay, maybe he needs someone to like ask some questions to prompt some emotions. But I don't know if someone's dealing with this, it's tough. But I think it's inevitable that in any relationship, you're going to eventually deal with something really heavy that you have to get through and think of yourselves as a team. And I feel for this girl who messaged and said she just got engaged and three days later, her father passed. Like there's not 
these things come up at all of these different times. And I, I think there can be a balance of like having happy and exciting moments, but also like being there and dealing with this as a couple, like your relationships in waves. Yeah. Was, wait, did the girl who asked us a question, was it her father or her, her fiance's father who passed? It was her father. Oh, and I wow. thought the question was even like, she was asking how to be okay for her fiance and how to cope. So oh. I even think that was, she's dealing with something so big and, and to she's even trying think about to... like how she's showing up for her fiance. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's crazy to even like have to think about that, but you're right. You're a really good team. I've never dealt with that type of, of grief before, but I, I mean, I, I know you and Dan really well and I feel like you're right. You just have to like sort of put your own stuff to the side and be there for whatever he needs. And I think you're so right that like everyone's different. So it's like somebody who's listening to this, who might go through the same thing, like they're boyfriend or husband or whoever it is might need something like completely different from them. And you just like learn through that process. So I mean, I can't imagine it. And it's so hard. But I think you're right. Like I I would I imagined the same thing, like when when this was happening, that like, after all the services and everything are over, that's when it like when people start to act normal again is when it's probably like, the hardest. But I don't know. It's really just so hard. Yeah. It's also, I was thinking about how I would be acting if this was one of my parents and I would have a completely different process of grief yeah. than Dan. Like, I'm actually quite surprised at how normal he's able to be, but I know part of that is just how he expresses emotion and how he manages his own grief. And I think a lot of that's more internal and alone time. And I think talking about it sometimes makes things worse or makes him feel more and for me, I feel like yeah. I would just be like a crying mess all the time. And I, I can't imagine like how Dan would deal with that because I think that's yeah. such a more obvious wedge in your relationship when someone's so visibly and like physically yeah. upset. Affected. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, yeah. everyone's different, but I, I think the, you kind of just pick up the tools and I think really just take the cues from your partner. Yeah. I guess we can transition into some of these <laughs> questions. There's no good transition from that. But I mean, I definitely feel for this girl who's dealing with that and anybody who's dealt with this. And it's not even just in your romantic relationship. Like if your friends are going through something, I think it's just a reminder that like, I've heard this from people who have dealt with loss, like the things they remember are the people that like do continue to check in with them and don't just like, it's uh, it's great to like show your support and go to the funeral and the services and be there like that week in the immediate mo moment. But it's like following up over the next like, few weeks, months, like to like make sure that the person is okay and just that you're there for them. I feel like that's all you can really do. Yeah. But so we both picked a lot of questions today. We'll see what we get through. A lot of them are tied in with each other. We got a lot of, I feel like there's been a lot of themes these past few weeks with the questions that we've been getting. Okay. So this one I thought was interesting and I feel like it's something that I've dealt with before. I'm sure a lot of people have, but somebody said great spark after the first few dates, but fading after a few weeks, can it be revived? And I answered this question on our Instagram. I found it really interesting because, I mean, we've talked so much about the spark on here and I don't even necessarily think that like a quote spark is necessary on the first date, but I do think there needs to be like attraction there. But when I think of a spark, I feel like it's more than just like attraction. I don't know. I feel like it, there's a difference between like seeing someone and thinking like they're attractive and mm -hmm. then like really feeling that like physical spark. Sometimes I think that takes time to grow, but whether you feel it or not on the first date or two, I just think it ebbs and flows in general. So this made me think when I read this, I was like thinking to... The relationship that I'm in now and how like those first few dates went and what when like the spark was big and when it was like maybe small. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so I was, and I actually, this is funny because I haven't mentioned this on here before, but one of our previous guests we've had on here twice, actually, and we recently just met in real life, Alana Dunn. She's the host of Seeing Other People and we both love her. It was so fun to meet her in person and to go out to dinner with her. But we have two great episodes with her, one with her and her former co-host Jonah, and then one that was more recent, I think earlier this year, maybe, or the end of last year. Anyway, she has like just such a cute relationship with her boyfriend and she has a dating podcast. So obviously she gives a lot of good advice, but she also just does like- Beyonce now. Yes. But she also does like so many cute things. So she she does this thing where she takes like a one second video every day of the year and then she makes it into like a video at the end of the year. She just has a very like content creator mindset. But one of the things that she does with her boyfriend is she writes down every single or she was writing down every single date that they went on. And she did this up until they lived together. So like it wasn't even like a date doesn't have to be like out to dinner or out to a movie or whatever. It's literally like could be like we picked up food and then went to his apartment or like whatever it is. And she just did that to keep track of everything they were doing. And I just thought it was a fun thing. So I started doing this when I started dating my current boyfriend. And this was on January 2nd that we went on our first date. And I just started writing down in a note on my phone, everything that we did. And it's actually so fun because I can go back and think like, oh yeah, that was like that day or this was that day. And uh, we'll get in like not arguments, but he'll be like, oh no, that's not when we did this. And I'm like, oh, let me check the note. But anyway, this is my long way of saying that like I looked, I read this question, and I looked back on that note and I was trying to think of those early dates, like in what I felt in terms of a spark on some of them. So I think I had a very similar experience to her where the first few dates, I even texted Mia on the first date when I was like, I had been there for like an hour. I texted her like, wait, he's so hot. Like, I love him. Like, and I never text mm-hmm. her or something like no, that on a first that date. That was the most shocking yeah. text I've ever received in my life. Yeah. Because also I never <laughs> even want to go on the date. I always cancel the date. And then I always get there and I think like, oh, I could not be attracted to this person at all. And that's that. But anyway, I felt a really intense spark on the first date. And then I was not living in the city at the time. So we were not hanging out like that often. It was like once a week. So then a week later, we had another date. Same thing, like really intense spark. And it was like, great and was really like super into it. But then I came in, but so both of those dates, we like drank like a good amount, not like, like, I mean, it was not like I was like blacking out or anything, but like it was <laughs> both of the next days I was like, we drank too much. And like, I actually started to think like, should I date this person or do they like love going out? And that's right. like not me. Uh, so that was like another thing. But so then we decided to do, I was like, I said something to him the next day. I was like, I like never really drink more than two drinks. Like, and that's usually like maybe once a week, can we do something next time? That's like not drinking. So he said, yeah. And that was like, he felt the same way. And that was great. But then we went on our not drinking date. (laughs) I just didn't feel a big spark. And obviously, I'm sure like, I don't I think alcohol does play like a part in it, of course. But like the first date, like, I wasn't drunk. And I I was attracted to him as soon as I got there. But for whatever reason, third date, I think I just had a lot in my head about like, this is our third date. I hadn't been on a third date in like a while. Like we went to a museum, it was different than just like going out for a drink, like a different vibe. Long story short, I just like didn't feel a spark. And then the next time we hung out, it was kind of similar. We went out and got sushi. I just think the atmosphere has a lot to do with it. Like the things you might be thinking about in your head, you might be like really starting to not overthink, but like think a lot about the relationship in the future. Like I think a lot of that can play into with the sparks. And I thought about that, like at that point, I started thinking about like why and what might have to do with it. And then I started to like, try to think less. I tried to get out of my head a little Mm -hmm. bit. So then I like, we planned, I think then our fifth date, I came at it and like with like a open more of like an open mind and less about like freaking out about what it was going to mean for the future. And the spark came like right back and it hasn't mm. left since. So I think you just might have since. like a couple. <laughs> well, like it ebbs and flows. Like, of course, there's days where I'm like yes. frustrated, but like long story short, it ebbs and flows. I think in your gut, you'll know if it's something that you want to continue to explore. And if this is someone you're attracted to and you like them and you have the same values and they like check all those boxes, like it's 
worth continuing to explore because it's just the same as what we've talked about a lot where like in relationships like sex ebbs yeah. and flows like it's never going to feel exactly the same with this person yeah and we've talked about this like just personally texting and talking a lot about early relationships and I think in the beginning like it's amazing if you're so excited and I think you have you have like expectations or like you're more in like a romantic, not like you're a hopeless romantic, but I think when you go into early dates and they're fun and they're like, you have the spark and you're excited Mm -hmm. and this is a new person and it's just a whole new experience and you are like thinking about, I don't know, I think you could get like wrapped up in it and like a spark I think is great. But I think as you're getting to know someone, especially if this is a new person, was a stranger before your first date, you're also just learning and unraveling a new person and you're not going to be exactly the same and you're going to get into early conflict or disagreements and Mm. I think all of that can also impact what you're saying like how you're feeling and you kind of have to sit back and be like oh I'm so excited about this person I'm attracted to them I'm learning all of these things about them on the other hand and as you go with an open mind like you said sit and think is this someone that I'm compatible with do I want to keep seeing them but I think it's just like what's to come when you meet a new person and even like honeymoon stage honeymoon stage can last any amount of time and you have that rose-colored glasses view of this is so exciting and new and everything's great and I'm thinking about my whole life with this person and then you are dealt with reality. Yeah. Even like what I talked about early, like things come up Mm -hmm. in relationships that are not as exciting and are not as romantic, but you kind of have to deal with the realness and that is part of the relationship as well. And that's what makes it a great relationship. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the only other thing I'm going to say about this is that, well, first of all, everything you said is like so true that like this, those early dates are like representative of the rest of the relationships. It's not to say that you should settle for someone that you're not super excited about, but it's to say that, yeah, well, like you'll, there'll be highs and lows and that's how the rest of the relationship is going to go too. So if you're not able to push through that, then you won't be able to later. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is that another thing for me in this situation was that I am, I do have very avoidant tendencies. So I think that that came into play as well, that like some of that was like getting in the way of me feeling like a super intense spark on a couple of the dates just because I was starting to feel my Mm -hmm. avoidance trickling in. And I think that could be the case even if you're an anxious dater. Like some of those things, like just those things can get into your head and it can get in the way. And then I also think that this really changed this. My answer could change a lot depending on if they've kissed or had sex, because I think that like I've been in other relationships where there was no physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. And and then like the obviously the spark was just fading because it was just like too long for me and for where I felt like that relationship was at. So there's a lot of different things that could be at play. But at the end of the day, I think if you're still interested in exploring something with this person, like do it and you might find that you go out on another date and like that spark is like right back there again. So yeah, I think it just changes. For sure. And I like what you said about thinking about the vibe of the date. And if you're still on early dates, like try to shift into something that you know is going to be exciting and more of a mood mm-hmm. and like see if that spark comes back. Yeah. But great question. Then we got two questions in a similar vein. Um, One person said, living with my boyfriend for over one year, now sex is more of a casual thing. We're more like good friends, stay or move on. And someone else asked, dating for over a year, lacking some romance lately, less dates. I think this also, like, it's a great transition from the beginning because even once you're in a relationship, that honeymoon stage and that intensity it fades and you're now just two real people in a real relationship. Not everything's going to be like Disneyland. You're going to go through ebbs and flows of a relationship. (laughs) The one about sex is more of a casual thing and living with someone for over a year. I totally relate to this. We've talked about this before. We've talked about this a little bit with Lindsay Metzler when she was on the podcast. 
in the beginning of a relationship, especially when you first have sex, like it's a date, you're looking forward to it. You kind of know it's going to happen. It's expected Mm. in the early stages of dating. Even when you first move in, it's like brand new and exciting. And now you have a live-in boyfriend and you're like, this is just so fun. But over time, it's like real life. I'm tired. I have a meeting in the morning. You start going to sleep every night and like sex is not the thing you're looking like most forward to. And it becomes a little more infrequent. And I think there are ways to make that more, more exciting and like keep up with it in your relationship. Any type of like physical intimacy or like planning a date night or just like actually being aware of this is a great first step. Like, wow, we're really getting into yeah. like more of a roommate phase. And I think continue to date your partner. We hear this advice from so many people, plan date nights, bring a little of that romance like back into your relationship after a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never lived with somebody, so I don't know obviously like what that's like, but I, yeah, it's very similar. You just go through that phase and you have to figure out ways to like bring that spark back or bring that like chemistry back, but also realize that I think it also boils down to like, is this something, are you in your head about this a lot? Or is this something that like, are you actually, maybe it could actually end up being like, okay for you that you're like having sex less or like something like that. Like maybe that's something that like, is just going to happen naturally with the relationship mm-hmm. and you guys like will be good with that and like it. But if this is something that you're like, no, I want to have sex this many times and we're not doing it. Or like, I want to go on this many date nights and we're not doing it, then bring it up. Mm-hmm. I think comparison just yeah. comes into play. If you're comparing yourself to other people around you or, or people you see on social media. Relationship. Yeah, your past, your past your... relationship, the early phases of that relationship and that happens and you you have to like kind of just go with it. It's a good thing because a relationship is growing for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's something like you said, we got multiple questions about this. So it's something that everybody deals with. And both of these questions are at the one year mark. So mm. that's it's just like going through the transitions of your relationship. But I think I've noticed in my own relationship, like when I feel the most intimacy, both physically and emotionally, it is when we have just like when we're close in a non-physical way, like we had a really great day together or we have just been like happy and like really close, like that usually leads to physical intimacy. So I don't know, like go out and try something new together, spend a whole day of quality time together, Mm. plan something special like a date night. Like these are all little things to be conscious of instead of just going through the motions of your relationship and getting into that more like roommate phase. Continue to put the effort into your romantic relationship. Yeah. I love that question. And then another question that I wanted to answer, how to process guy of six months tells you he's torn between you and X. It's over, but I'm so hurt. We don't have to spend too much time in this question, but I just feel like it's it kind of is in line with we got a lot of questions this past week and the week before about how to deal with a breakup too. And so this is this is something I think we also talked to Anna about. It says guy of six months. So I don't even know if this was like a relationship that was defined or what it was. Six months is a long time. So like hope I would hope so but it could be a situation ship either way like it doesn't matter how long you've been with someone like take the Wait, time did, to process yeah. whatever you need or did a person that she was dating for six months say he keeps thinking about an ex he said he's torn between you and his ex but uh, then she said it's over but I'm so uh, hurt so like I don't know actually okay. now that you'd say that I don't know if she meant like it's over between him and his ex but I'm still hurt but I think I, I took it as like she's saying it ended but like I'm so yeah. hurt I just think if someone can't choose between you and someone else that's not your person and honestly neither of you are probably that guy's person either because like you should like not to say like you need to know and there needs to be no doubt at all but like if it's to the point where he's literally telling you he can't choose between <laughs> you and someone else no. then it's like this person no. is not for you no no, I think this is not your person. And I agree with that statement that if 
like neither of you are. I I just don't think there should be anyone else in the, if that's your thing, if you're looking for a monogamous relationship, then no, no one else should be in the picture. Yeah. But I do think that like to answer the question of how to process, like I think you have to process it the same as you would any breakup. And for me, like I've had a hard time getting over someone that like I wasn't even really dating mm-hmm. or like. Because it's the, you're grieving the what could have been and you don't fully know that person. You haven't, you're still in that romantic phase. Yeah, like that, I know like why it is tough to get over someone who's like a situationship or an early thing because you haven't seen other bad qualities yet. Whereas someone you dated for two years, like you probably have like a million reasons why like you can or a million reminders you can give yourself about like why it's not right for you. But when it's been only six months or it's in the early phases, like you're still romanticizing it and you're not thinking about you're just thinking about the best possible way things could have gone versus like why it actually didn't work out in the first place. So mm-hmm. I think give Anna gave like really good advice on breakups. And I think that obviously we always mentioned Morgan's episodes too, which we can link in the show notes about how to get over a breakup or how to heal from a breakup and how to like come out of it even stronger. But I loved Anna's advice about she personally said like she doesn't take time and she goes out and just <laughs> dates right away, which like if that works for other people, I even I think I wrote that in this response. So like, I don't think you're going to fully get over somebody until you're dating someone else. It might have been another question that I answered that with. But like, I do kind of agree with that. But then now I think about that. And like, I was definitely not still into anybody when I started dating this person. But it's just because it had been so long. Yeah. I, but what I was going to say that I loved about Anna's advice is that she also said like, maybe if you don't want to date, that's fine, too. But like, do the things that make you happy and fine things that you love and like be happy being with yourself and everything like that, I feel like helps so much. Like you're not going to heal if you're not doing things that distract you and make you happy, but you're also not going to find somebody new if you're not happy enough being just like by yourself. Right. I think it's totally fine if you want to get out there and be dating. And I like this jogged my memory of someone asking if you have to be fully healed before getting into a new relationship. Mm. And I think we're all different. And certain people thrive off of meeting someone new to help them get over a past relationship. I think no matter when your last relationship was, I think you might hold a little bit of a, you might have some feelings you're holding on to there. But the step to take after a breakup is doing exactly that, like getting to know yourself, learning about what you don't like from those past relationships and being really clear on what you want next and just getting back out there, doing things for you, having fun, finding like new hobbies. You'll probably meet new friends, meet new people. And then when you're like meet someone new, you're more ready to get into that relationship because you've kind of grieved your past relationship, healed, learned, and then someone new will just be an exciting new chapter. Yeah, I agree. I can't decide if, if I feel like you... I do think... I definitely didn't still have feelings for the last person I dated when I started dating the person I'm dating now, but like it, you still compare the... Like you still yes. compare things to the last person and you still like... That will be like the last thing in your mind in the way of a, relation, a romantic relationship. Personally, in the past, like I took like a pretty long not a break from dating, but like I didn't have a boyfriend for like a very long time during COVID. And so I'm thinking back to like before then, and I did used to start dating right away, right after I broke up with somebody. Like, I think that that is like, for me, I'm more agree Mm -hmm. with Anna that like you have to do that, but while simultaneously still working on yourself and like having that alone time and having time by yourself or with your friends and things like that, like obviously your whole life should not be about like finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. I do think that like going out on dates, even if it's not for a relationship, it just reminds yourself that there's other people out there like download a dating app even just like swipe and get some matches and like just be reminded that there are people that fit the things that you want and there's people that will be interested in you and I think that can help if especially if you're coming out of this like frustrating situation where like you were with someone for six months and they were still like unsure about it like just remind yourself that there'll be people out there that will be sure yeah 
For sure. (laughs) I liked this question. Friends with benefits, but getting feelings and seems like the other person is too. What to do? Mm. I've never really had a friends with benefits. Me neither. I'm fascinated by it. Like I'm fascinated by the fact that people actually do it. I'm fascinated that you don't have feelings. I I don't know. This is just my personality. Like if I'm physically intimate with someone, if I'm like having sex with someone, I'm most likely going to have some feelings. It's just how I've been my whole life. Me too. (laughs) In this situation, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to bring on someone who's like an expert in being like exclusively friends with benefits, but- Like Shan. Yeah, Shan. But then they got married, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah. So this, she would be a good one to answer this question because she navigated- Honestly, go and listen to this episode if you ask this because she navigated that. She navigated that great, like in a great way. I feel yeah. Like. I mean, I think you have to just communicate here and, but knowing, okay, you're already past the point of just being friends with benefits if you're having feelings. So your friends <laughs> yeah. with benefits stage, your friends is. with benefits <laughs> stage is over. And now is the crucial point of does it end or does it become a relationship? Because you can't stay in this situation if you have feelings, I don't think, according to the people who are really skilled at being friends with benefits. Yeah. Well, I just like the thing about, before you continue on, the thing about friends with benefits that just like confuses me is that I think it can only ever work if it's two people who like know a thousand times over that they don't want a relationship. Because like if you want with anybody, because if you want a relationship, like this is a going to be getting in the way of you finding one. Like, I don't care what you say, even if there's no feelings involved, this is going to get in the way of you finding a good relationship. And then B, you're going to get feelings for this person. If you want a relationship, you're going to, of course, think about that every time you're with this person. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand friends with benefits. Add it to the list with exclusivity. (laughs) I don't get it. I truly don't. I think exactly what you said. You have to not want a relationship. And I don't know. I think once you get feelings like that, that contract of your friend with benefits ends. If you start having feelings, I think, yeah, you can, if you want to go for it, then definitely bring it up and see if it's reciprocated. But if it's not, I feel like the friends with benefits situation ends and possibly the friend situation ends if this was someone in your life before. So it's just a very confusing and like very touchy subject. Yeah. This is why I want to actually have somebody on to talk about it too, because that's what I was going to say about the friendship ending. Like, I guess this, there has, there's so many stipulations for friends with benefits to work because it has to be somebody that you're comfortable enough with, but like, they definitely shouldn't be like a good friend that you care about losing. Because even if you do then find another relationship, like say goodbye to that friend. Like if I started dating somebody and they had a previous friends with benefits and then they were still friends with them, like absolutely not. Like this has to be someone you're okay with just like never being friends with again. Like this is literally just a hookup, but it's not a friend. This has to be an acquaintance with benefits. acquaintance with benefits. When neither of you ever want a relationship for this work, in my opinion. Yeah. I just don't, (laughs) I don't, I think I'm just like very anti. Not anti. If it works for you, then please like I just write don't in. Get it. Tell us how it works and like tell us how you how you got into the situation because I'm so curious. But if you're yeah, yeah, if you're catching feelings for this person, like I just think tell them and like and distance yourself from the situation. Tell them like that you don't right. like, you just can't do the friends with benefits anymore. Like go to a bar and meet somebody. Like be safe. But <laughs> this is not somebody you should be sleeping with if the feelings like aren't returned because you're just going to end up getting hurt. Yes. This question, the, your friends with benefits situation has like shifted now into a situationship. So I think you voice your feelings mm. and know the repercussions of it. This person's going to have the same feelings as me. And now we're going to get into a real relationship or this whole situation is, is over. Yeah. Remember when on Sex and the City, when Carrie thinks she can start dating her friend with benefits, he's like a finance guy. And like they used to, he used to just come over and hook oh, up and then she's like, oh, maybe. 
dick and date work. him. And then like, <laughs> it just doesn't work out. There was like no chemistry there no. at all. But I think that the thing about that situation was that they weren't friends either. It's literally, it's not a friend with benefits. It's just like a hookup yes. partner. <laughs> yes. Right. Which I, I understand for the, maybe the safety reason, if you're both only hooking up with each other, but you want it to be casual. Like I understand yeah. the concept of why a friends with benefits be friends. is great, but you can't yeah. be friends. And you can't have feelings. <laughs> yeah. You can't be friends with this person because then you're going to get feelings. Like I think that yeah. that's like the only thing that keeps feelings out of friendships with your like desired sex is, or your desired gender is that you're not having sex with them. Like I think that then having sex is then like that's why men and women can't be friends because the sex gets yeah. in the way. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but I did like that question. I guess we have time for like one more, one or two more. Mm-hmm. And then we got a question that I think a lot of people in early dates can relate to. She said, four great dates, but he's bad at texting. Now traveling two weeks for work and silence. She put the little emoji with a zipper over the mouth. (laughs) Do I reach out? I answered this on Instagram. I mean, why not? You know, you've listened to our podcast. You know that we aren't like so into these like dating rules that keep women silent and get, make the men do yeah. all of the outreach and initiation. So why not? You had four great dates. Now you're traveling and you haven't spoken that much. Reach out. And I said, I wouldn't do like a, hey, how are you? I'd probably send a message related to something that we talked about, a funny joke. I'm watching something on TV and we just talked about this on our last date or like something, something relevant in, in context with the conversations you've had. And yes, yeah, strike up a conversation. And if the guy doesn't continue or keep up the conversation or if then after that he's not really initiating, I would leave it and just see if he reaches out when he's back. But I don't think there's any reason that you want to text someone to be like, oh, no, I shouldn't reach out. I think you totally can. Yeah, I don't think there's any harm either. I honestly probably would just say, how's the trip or like something about like, I would just ask him a question about the trip and not even like look for unless there is something genuine that like reminded you of him or like yeah. something that like isn't going to be like an obvious like reach for it. But I think honestly, someone what did it say Four dates Four great dates? Yeah, four great dates. You went on four great dates with them, you know, they're traveling. I think it's like considerate to say like, hey, how's the trip going? Or like how like yeah. what, if you, you know, he's there for like, just ask a question about the trip. And especially if you say they're not great at texting and maybe they haven't been throughout these four dates, like then maybe you do need to give it like a little bit of a nudge. Like I've had to do that before where I have to like be the one Mm -hmm. to initiate a little bit and even like tell them like that I'm a big texter and that doesn't mean they have to text you all day, every day, but putting it out there, like you're not setting the tone for any communication right now because you're just not communicating and you're waiting for them to do it. So Mm -hmm. I think take the ball into your own court and put it out there. And then like Mia said, if they don't seem to be reciprocating, then that's like, then I'd kind of peel back a little bit and wait until they're back and then hopefully make a plan with them and maybe like in person on your next date, say something about like, oh, do you really went silent when you're traveling or like just something like making a joke about Mm -hmm. it or like say something about how like you thought of them when they were gone or like you wanted to text them or like just something to give them like the inkling that like you would have liked to hear from them. Because I think if we've learned anything from like the past, the past like six weeks of episodes, we've had three different men come on and talk about like men's dating style. We had Kevin, Jeremy and Connor. And if I've learned anything from it, it's that like a lot of straight men, men who are dating women are thinking a lot of the exact same things that we're thinking like they're thinking should I text her and you can like not agree with me if you don't want to but or if you want to not agree don't agree (laughs) but they're thinking that they're thinking like why isn't she reaching out or like oh maybe she wasn't having a good time and they're not thinking oh I don't like her anymore when she reaches out to you I don't think there's anything to lose here 
And I don't mean to like reach and like come up with like some like convoluted way of like, no, no, yeah. I just think if you had four great dates, something's probably going to remind you of them. Or like after four dates with someone, you've spent what? At least eight hours with them. I'm sure like you will see something throughout your yes. day that you like, oh, if the, if I, he was in the room right now, we'd be talking about this. So, so Or even like... I just passed this restaurant. We should go there next. Yes. Or like something like that. Like give it, suggest something for the next date. Like casually don't be like, yeah. you don't have to be like, we should go out next Tuesday at 7 PM and do X, Y, Z. But like, be like, Oh, like someone just so-and-so just told me about this place. Like we should go or like yeah. just something like that. I wouldn't, be, <laughs> I wouldn't be texting like, hi, Brian, smiley face every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just going to be such a natural conversation no matter how you do it. And I agree. Like if he's bad at texting, I think she meant he was the one away from work. That's how yes, we both interpreted yeah. that question. So yeah, he's probably busy and he's probably going to see his phone and be, be happy. happy. Yeah. You texted. Yeah. Did you watch Ted Lasso this past week? Yes. Okay. So you know how that Nate was like wanting to ask that girl out and he kept like yes. going and looking in the window. So I was watching it with Sean and like, he was like, this girl like hates him. And I'm like, no, she wants him to ask her. She like, is literally like the way she's looking at him. She's like into him. And I'm like, guys don't know how to read women. Cause like, I could tell, like, I could tell that I might look at a guy like that when I'm actually like, what is yes. he doing? Is he going to ask me out? Like, he was like, no, if a girl's into you, she'll smile and wave. And I'm like, no, she won't. Like some of them <laughs> will. And maybe they should, but like, yeah, like. Guys are thinking the same thing. He's like, oh, this is painful. She's not into it. They're like, so you have to give them a little bit to work with because like they just, I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. they don't know what to do. So they're not doing anything at all. Yeah, that's such a good point. That also, that episode <laughs> is also a good reminder that you don't have to be so try hard. Like, what did he do? He thought he had to make this like grand romantic gesture <laughs> to ask her out. And like, all he had to do was say, do you want to go on a date? And she said yes before he could yeah. even finish asking the question. So don't think so much into everything. That's my advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that And that reminded me too of what we've talked about a lot recently where like guys will sometimes put in so much effort, so much thought be before those first early dates and then it drops off. And like, if anything, just like be simple, direct to the point in the beginning and then like give more effort when you're actually like yes. in a relationship. I feel like it's like they have it all wrong. It's actually <laughs> so funny because we say dating rules, like in the early dates, if a woman like holds back and like is trying to conceal her true self because she's like following all these rules. And then after several dates, you like the real her comes out. Like that's why we say be authentic from the start because mm -hmm. if you're kind of like concealing part of you then after several dates or weeks amount of time the real you is going to come out it's the same with a guy who's yeah. like putting so much effort into dates yes. one two and three and then his true self comes out where he's like actually lazy and just like stops all planning like, who are they without the effort yeah, yeah just be yourself pick if you're a guy and you yeah. want to go on a date don't think you have to bring someone out to a five course meal at the best restaurant in New York City. Like do what you would normally want to do on a Friday night because that's uh -huh. the setting the tone for your whole relationship. Yeah. And give them a view of like who you actually are. Um, I don't remember how we got even got onto that topic, but I liked that question. I feel like we could leave it there. We had another question I was going to answer about like avoidant attachment mm. styles, but I feel like we should do go deeper into some of those like attachment questions in another episode. Yes. Oh my God. We covered so many topics today. Referenced <laughs> so many guests and episodes. That's why I love these solos because it's like a good yeah. like refresher and then we can link so many other episodes in the show notes for you guys to listen to if you haven't listened to them yet. A lot of times when we get these questions, I'm 
I'm like, we have an episode on that. And like, I know we have so, so many people on Instagram who like might not be podcast listeners or things like that. But if you guys are new here, there's so many amazing guests that we've had in the past that speak to so many of these topics. So we'll put all of that info in the show notes. Yes. And we'd love answering these questions. So we put our question box up every Thursday, but we do love when you guys just send us DMs too, if it's something longer. And those are a lot of the ones that we'll end up answering on here too, just because it takes a little bit more time to chat through it. But thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you love this episode. Continue sending in your questions and we'll do more of these. I really love a solo. 